0: guys so much. Aloha, Anchor Church. That's, that's your thing, right? Like, aloha. I've been trying to learn the language. I got aloha. That's where I'm at right now. So it's so good to be here. Like, uh, you know, this is really cool because when uh, Pastor Carl asks me to preach for him in Hawaii, because my thing is I always pray about everything. So if I get an opportunity, like I need to take that to the Lord. So I'm like, let me pray about that. And I did. I was like, Lord, we're going to Hawaii. What up? (laughs) You know, it was a prayer of Thanksgiving. All right. Cause that's a prayer, right? Thanksgiving's a prayer. That's legit. And, uh, I really didn't like go into deep thinking. I was just like, yes, I'm going to do that because I feel the Lord saying that. And, uh, I love your island, I love your church, like, it's so cool, and, and you guys, I don't know if you realize, because uh, your staff is so accommodating, like, they're really rolling out that aloha spirit, rolling out the red carpet for a Howley, like, it's so cool. You guys, um, I mean, like, really, you've done too much, to be honest with you, the, the secret service detail, closing the roads, I'm like, I'm not that big of a deal, Okay. And then y'all even brought the president in to hear me this weekend. I'm like, that's just too much. Thank you. Very classy, very classy. And I, I definitely want, you guys already know this because you get to hang with him, but your pastor is cool. Like he and his family are just uh, one hundo, as we say back in, in my hood, okay? They are lit. They are savage, okay? I don't know what y'all kids are saying. They are pow, pow shoots oh they're done no they're not (laughs) they're not done they're just getting started but like uh can can we just hear it for your pastor like so so cool Uh uh-huh and it's so weird because he's older than me but he looks like he could possibly be one of my offspring like (laughs) Is it is it lotion? What are you doing like around the eyes? Like we'll talk later. Okay, so and uh, and I really like we clicked we clicked at this pastors thing because I think that just realness, authenticity, transparency, and uh, we just clicked about being real. And that's that's my thing. That's his thing. And we're not trying to be somebody. We're really happy to be a nobody that God's using. Like, it's just fun to just kind of be nobody and God uses you. So I actually, I should say, I really, I, I liked him until I went surfing with him. Because he told me, and I don't think this is true, but he said, howleys get priority in Hawaii. He said, you just drop in and they'll let you go. Because you just say howley and they'll be like, oh yeah, you go, you go. I don't think that's true now. No, he didn't do that. He did make me walk across a reef though. And I'm like, I, I got cut, but it's okay. I got, they, they call that Howley feet, right? And you got like Hobbit feet because you like <laughs> ran across the reef. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> Legendary. Oh, are you guys cool with, I just want to take a selfie real quick. Like, cause it's going to be, you know, there's six hours forward, but like my people like want me to post. But you guys are just really cool. I want to get a pic of me speaking. You know, and you guys tuck in there. One more. I look stupid in that one. That's cool. Okay. Wait. Okay. I felt like I had acai in my teeth, but I'm good. I'm good. All right. So, all right. You know how special this church is. God's doing something here. And he brought me all the way from Florida to tell you like one thing. And it's a simple thing. It's like something you probably kind of already know, but you need to hear it again, and, and maybe in a different way, maybe just in a fresh way. It's it's the simplest truth, but sometimes I think the hardest thing for us is to believe the simplest truth, and, and so I feel like God had me come all this way just to tell you this one simple thing, but it's this thing that like once you hear it, you'll you'll never forget it. You'll remember it, and so for those of you like school wasn't your thing, you're going to be okay tonight, okay? Okay. We're, we're not going to lose you. You're going to hang with me. You're going you're gonna to go, that's the one thing, and I remember, and, and I'll never forget it. And this is that one thing that if you grab it and you believe it and you let it penetrate the depths of your soul, it will change you. And it, the biggest challenge, though, is holding on to this truth because the devil wants to take it from you. The world wants to take it from you. But once you know it and believe this truth, nobody really can take it from you. And, and so are you ready for it? Here it is. It's simple. It's just four words. And it's on my hoodie. God's crazy about you. All right. Boom. There it is. Now, you know, let's pray. Lord, this was a good night. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You're like, <laughs> Wow, that was. Yeah. Everybody likes a four minute sermon. No, like that's God's crazy about you. And I know it's true. I'm so sure it's true. I got it printed on my clothing so that I won't forget, but also so everybody around me will know this truth. And would you just tell somebody, look around, tell somebody God's crazy about you. Tell somebody else Tell God's crazy about you. You bro. Yeah. God's crazy about you. This is a, and it feels good to hear that. And we need, because it's the truth and it's the gospel in four words, right? Some of you grew up, it's my life message. This is the thing that I feel like God put me on this planet to tell people. And for those of you who grew up in church, you might have heard that God loves you and you believe that. I'm not sure that it always sinks in or resonates or that we're believing or living in that truth. I mean, you know, John three sixteen, right? Because my man Tebow, he's a friend of mine now. He used to put that under his eyeballs and everybody would Google it. Like John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. That he sent his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Like that's the truth. And, and here's the thing that God told me. That there's there's one word in there that people miss. So. Okay? It's like, it's not just that God loves you. God so loves you. He so loves you that he sent his one and and only son, that's big-time love. God is so crazy about you. what I would say is that he moved heaven and earth, and he brings his perfect sinless son into this world to live a sinless life. He dies on the cross as a sacrifice for your sins, for my sins. That's big-time love. That's such incredible love. First John 3:16 says, "This is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for our sins. John 15, 13, greater love has no one, this is Jesus, than this, that to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's what Jesus did. John, as an older man, he's writing in 1 John 3, 1, he says, see what great love the Father has, check this word out, lavished on us. It's crazy about us that we should be called the children of God. That's what we are. That's what he says. And, uh, you know, just to to really let us know just how much God loves us. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells us a story. And it's not just a story, but it's like the story. Like this story is so loaded. Luke chapter 15, actually, Charles Dickens, you guys know Charles Dickens, right? He said that this was the greatest short story in the history of the world. Dude, when Charles Dickens says your story is good, that's like LeBron James saying you got game. I mean... This is, a, this is an amazing story. And so we're going to jump right in. Luke chapter 15. And uh, before I read, I kind of want to introduce my family. Just because I, I love them and stuff, you know. And so they're right here in the front row. They got flowers on. This is my wife, Robin. If you just... <laughs> woo, woo. She's a distraction. Is it hot in here? And then uh, my son, Noah, he's my oldest son. He's with us, 17. Noah... And my number two right there, Elijah, 15 years old. Uh, uh, okay, bro, your, your moment's over. No. He's like, yep, I'm single, ladies. I'll, I'll be outside. Got a couple bucks if you want a waffle cone. That's my dude. <laughs> okay, so... This story is so good. I got to just read this to you. This is is Jesus telling this story. To, To illustrate the point further, he's been telling stories already to people about the importance of the lost, right? The lost sheep, the lost coin. And then to illustrate this point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons and the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before I die or before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his two sons. Now, that's not normal, and it certainly wasn't then. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings, moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods that he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. Finally, when he came to his senses, he said to himself at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I'll go to my father and I'll say, father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Now, I'm going to stop there for a minute. This, this is a short story. Could have been a lot shorter. I'll tell you how. I'm the dad in the story. My son comes to me. Give me a share. I'm, nope. First of all, what inheritance? Okay. But then <laughs> second of all, no. Okay. End of story. Go to your room. Give me your iPhone. Story's over. Very short story. Never ask your dad. That's, that's the moral of that parable. Okay. Because here's the deal. Dads have the spiritual gift of saying no. It's one of the things God blessed us and wired us to do. It's the reason that moms say, go ask your father, because they know it's no. They just don't want to have to say it. So go ask your father. It's like, forget it. I've got my kids know that. Never mind. I won't even ask him because we can skip a step. I know that my dad's going to say no. And so like that, this dad is different. Most dads would have shut this kid down in a hurry. Now, unless this was the story of the para, para, uh, the prodigal daughter, different deal. Daddy. Okay, sure, baby. I got two daughters, too. They're not with us on this trip, but, like, man, daughters are a different deal. But, the, but it's a son, and it's easy to say no to a son if you're a dad. Trust me. But this dad, he's different, and he's generous, and he's gracious, and he's good-hearted. And this is what's cool. He gives his son the free will to make a choice, even if it's a wrong choice. He, he lets him make the choice. Just in case you haven't figured it out, the dad in this story is God. Right. You probably knew that. You you saw that coming. But the dad in this story is God. And in one of the the ways that we know God's love, it's so cool, is that he lets us choose. God would rather have one real relationship with his creation than a million mindless followers. And so he lets us choose And, and he gives us free will. He says, I'm crazy about you. I would love for you to be crazy about me. But that's your choice. I want you to choose that. And, and so he lets us choose. And in Jesus' culture, all right, because this father, he he lets the son come and demand his inheritance. But demanding your inheritance early, it would totally be an insult today. But back then it was an insult so severe that you would not only be kicked out of the family but out of the village. And they had a custom for this kind of insult. They would take a clay pot and they would smash it at the feet of the offender to let them know you're no longer welcome here. You're disowned, essentially. This this son would have been disowned and and dead to the dad. And it's not just that he asked for his wealth in advance. It's what he did with it when he got it. It says he squandered it in wild living, right? Later on in the story, we're going to find out that it's partying, prostitutes, you name it. He literally blows all his dad's wealth in all the wrong ways. And so like if this kid wasn't out before, he's definitely out now. Like, he's ruined his family name, and this is a good, solid Jewish family. Like, they're good people, and this kind of disgrace would have been enough not only to get him kicked out of the family, but Old Testament law says that this kid could be stoned to death. Like, you could actually put him to death for doing this. And, and kind of to underscore the depths of the depravity that this kid is going through, Jesus says, you know, he got into a place where he wanted to eat what he's feeding pigs, and he wants to eat with the pigs, all right, that's already gross. Y'all got hogs on this island? Okay, you don't you don't run with the hogs, man. They're nasty. But but do we like pork? Mm-hmm. So whatever. But like, but do the, now a good Jewish boy? You know anything about kosher? This isn't right. That's not kosher. Like the Jews aren't hanging with the pigs. And and so this kid is in Jesus is saying he's in such a bad place. He's not only lost, but he's hurting, and he's kind of made his bed. And now he's lying in it. I, I don't know if you can relate to that. But for me, like, I am this kid. I read this story and I go, man, that's me. That's what I did. I was blessed by God to actually uh, get get grace early in my life. And as a young man, I knew the word. I knew God's love. I was in church. But I kind of had this feeling that there was something better out there. You know, like, or maybe there was just something more. Something I hadn't experienced or seen. And so, thank you, God. Basically, I took God's grace. And I ran with it and I squandered it. It's like, thank you, God, but let's see what else is out there. And I ended up in the same place as this kid, face down in the pig trough. It's it's not where you want to be. And I kind of was saying the same prayer. Like we, me and this kid have so much in common and I'm praying for God to give me a life because I had ruined mine. And I found out the hard way life without God doesn't work. That's what this kid's finding out, right? Anybody, has anybody figured that out? the hard way, raise your hand. It's okay. Like, yep, I know it. And they should make a movie about my life and it would be sad, but I'm here now, <laughs> man. We, when we take God's grace and run with it, we pay in the end. And cause it, the truth is not only am I this kid, but we're all this kid. All of us have sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. That's, that's what God tells us. Each of us all of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to their own way. That, every one of us. And, and we've all, at some point, taken what God's given us and said, thanks, I got it from here. I appreciate what you've done, but like I gotta go. I gotta do my own thing. And we've chosen our will instead of God's will. And that's really what sin is. It's, it's choosing me, not God. And the wages of sin, God tells us, is what? Death, right? That, like... The, the cost is pretty high, and our self-will earns us a death sentence. We end up in a world of pain, and if there's one thing I could just say to all the potential prodigals, because some of you like me and like this kid, you're kind of like, yeah, but, yeah, no, yeah, but, and I, if there's one thing I could say to the prodigals, another four words, all right? Stay in the house, right? Stay in the house, y'all. Trust me, there is nothing better out there than what we have in here as God's people, we've got it all stay in the house. Cause I'll tell you as a pastor, and I've been a pastor for over 20 years. I can't remember 22 years. I started when I was 11 <laughs> doing math in front of people. They're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So man, if there's one thing I could tell you, like people that I've prayed with and that I'm praying for have paid the price life without God doesn't work. And I've, I mean, i pray with people that have brought home some diseases, that are dealing with some strong addictions, that have had some horrible divorces, that have done some serious jail time, uh, that just heartache, heartbreak, because like in this kid, he he's here to tell us it just doesn't work. So he goes his own way. He's ready to come home though, because now he's hit that wall and he's feeling the pain. So here's what happens when he decides to come home, verse 17, when he finally came to his senses. All right. He's saying to himself at home, the the servants have food enough to spare. Here I am dying of hunger. I'm going to go home to my father. I'm going to say, father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son. He embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his fingers and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now he's returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. And so the party began. Man, I don't know if you ever ran away. I did once as a kid. Like I was little, it was like a half a day. And very similar to this story, my father saw me while I was still a long way off and he ran to me and he threw his arms around me and that's where our stories change very differently. Very, like, it, that was a long night. I never ran away again. It, you know what I mean? Like, this is not how this story goes in most situations. And one of the things that we see in the Bible over and over and we experience it in our lives is that when we're at our worst God is at his best. The worst in us brings out the best in God. And the picture that Jesus paints of our heavenly father is so powerful, I'm not even sure that we really totally get it because this kid did everything wrong. He ruined his life. He squandered his father's wealth. He ruined the family name. And when he dares to come crawling back home after all that he's done, all that he's, he's, he comes crawling back home, he broke his father's heart. When his dad sees him, He doesn't turn his back on him. He makes a beeline for him. He sees him. Why does he see him while he's still a long way off? Because he's been waiting and he's been watching and he's been hoping and he's been praying him and without a word, he welcomes him home in every way possible. This kid doesn't even get through that little speech that he had prepared to get him back home before before the father says, no, 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 you're back home. And that's all that matters. And here's what's cool, too, because when Jesus says he ran to him, okay. I don't know, like, if we totally get this. This is really cool, though. But when he ran to him, so in the ancient Middle East, it would be disgraceful for a man to run. An ancient Middle Eastern man would never run. There's no reason. It would bring shame on him. It would just be like, and I know a lot of you are runners, probably. Like, you like to run. You do it for fun. I don't get that. (laughs) I run sometimes if something's chasing me. That's kind of my deal. Like, but I don't get the whole, like, I'm just going to run. My wife runs on a treadmill. I'm like, that, uh-uh. Surf, maybe, you know, adventure, yes. Running, no. So an ancient Middle Eastern man, he does not run. It's disgraceful. One of the reasons why he doesn't run, think about this. You, you ever see any pictures of like disciples and Jesus and those dudes back in the day? What are they wearing? They got sandals on. What, what else are they wearing? Man dress. They're up in that man dress. They, they're rocking the robe. Now, guys, have you ever tried to run in a dress? That was a trick question that hopefully not. I don't judge, but whatever. So, dudes, ah, okay, that's cool, man. Hey, I'm wearing flowers while I preach. It's all good. But if you like, and most of the ladies would, you can't really run in a dress. And so for for an ancient Middle Eastern man to run, he would have to first do this thing. It's actually a Bible phrase and they called it girding your loins. That's kind of weird, right? I don't know if you know what loins are. If you don't, I'm not going to tell you. So <laughs> but it's like this. OK, so girding your loins. All right, man, here's what you had to do because you're wearing this long flowing robe and you actually don't just have one layer, but you have multiple layers, at least two of these long flowing. So you're first of all, you're going to have to reach down and you're going to have to grab all that extra material. You're going to have to hike it up. OK, pull it up on both sides. Yeah, I was doing a little hip thing there. That's all good. Just to just to keep everybody paying attention. And so you're going to, it's hard to do with a microphone, but then you're going to take it, you know, and you're going to kind of grab, you're going to wrap it around and you're going to tuck it in your belt. And then after you get all this, and then you're going to run like this because you got, you know, like it would. that's why they didn't run because you can't unsee that. What is that guy doing? It was a mess. Like Jesus is actually painting a picture here. And it's one of the things that I just think like this dad though, He throws caution and culture to the wind. He doesn't care what people think. He cares about his kid. He's crazy about him. And so he breaks all the rules and he runs to his son. And once he gets there, he throws his arms around him and says he kisses him. And he brings the best of what he has for him. Robes, sandals, the family ring, even filet mignon. Come on, that's a good night right there. And here's what's cool, because we call this the story of the prodigal son. Have you heard that before? Like, that's, that's what it's known as. It really, I think it should be called the prodigal dad. Let me tell you why. Because that word prodigal, it, it, we think it means somebody that strays it doesn't. It actually means lavish. It means reckless. It means extravagant. If you look that word prodigal up. And so really, it's the story of the prodigal father. Because while, while the son was definitely prodigal with his dad's money. The father was so prodigal with his love. He was reckless, lavish, and extravagant. He goes way above and beyond what's acceptable. Really, he goes off the charts in welcoming his son back home. And what Jesus is saying is, guys, that's God. That's how God is. That's the heart of the father. We're the kid. God's the dad. And he doesn't just love us. Guys, he's crazy about us. That's the thing that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's what God tells us, that he so loves us, he sent his one and only son. It's lavish love, it's prodigal love, it's reckless love. It's a love that sees us while we're still a long way off, and it runs to us. It throws its arms around us and welcomes us home no matter what we've done or how long we've been doing it or how much pain we've caused. It's it's the love that not only welcomed me back, but actually let me pastor a church like I should be in detention and I'm teaching class. It's crazy. It's this love. Like, and I wonder if we get it. Like, do we see God the way Jesus sees God? I mean, he's the son. He sure knows the father. And he says, I only do what I see the father like he knows. I, The father and I were one. And he said, here's how you need to see God. And this is cool because a lot of people don't see God this way, do they? I talk to people. No, like, well, if they even believe in God, well, I just think God is kind of like, he's up there and he's keeping score and he's wagging his finger at everybody. And he sees, it's like, he knows if you're naughty or nice. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Santa Claus, bro. I think you got the wrong dude. Like, does your God wear a red suit, like a jumper, like a kind of onesie with some buttons and a big, like you got the wrong, but no, he's up there and he's keeping score and he gets mad a lot. and And he kind of, he's against people. And like, if... If anybody knows God, the Father, it's Jesus, the Son. And he's like, dude, he's not scowling at you. He's sprinting to you. He's not up there with his arms crossed. He's, he's running to you with arms wide open. No matter what you've done or where you've been, listen, God's crazy about you. And I, I really want you to know this, okay, because not only do we need to know God's love, but we need to show God's love. This is so important. And God wants Anchor Church to be the church that sees people while they're still a long way off. God wants Anchor Church to be the church that runs to people before they've ever made it home and throws your arms around them and welcomes them, kiss them, bring them in. Maybe easy on the kisses, just depending. You know, feel them out first. Not everybody's down with that. It was like, okay, maybe some of you are kissers. It's cool. It's cool. I think, is that a Hawaiian thing? Do you sometimes get a little, Okay. Yeah, get a little on the cheek, because I got a couple. And I didn't know if it was just I don't know, cause I had put that lotion on, that eucalyptus. <laughs> I got it in there, Tammy. Here's what I want to tell you. I, I think this is this is really important, okay? As God's kids, right, in God's house, we have to have God's heart. Doesn't that make sense? As God's kids in God's house, we just need to have God's heart and we know what it is because the father in this story, he rolls out the red carpet for his prodigal returning home. And I I think so many Christians and so many churches are running from people when they should be running to people. And I see this and, and I watch people like they're excluding people because they're different than them. And because and they're judging people and they're picketing and they're boycotting and they're against everything and everybody. We're running from people when we should be running to people because they they're different than us because they act or think differently. They, they don't agree with us or we don't agree with them. And, and instead of pouring out the love that the father has poured on us, we're kind of like mm-hmm, thumbing our noses and looking down. But this is important because like the the church isn't a country club for saved people. It's a hospital for sick people. You know, the, the, the church is not a country club for saved people. It's a hospital for sick people. Jesus told us that. He said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor. It's the sick. And he says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Recently at my church, it was cool. I had just preached and I was done. I had greeted everybody in the lobby and I was just about to pass out and I'm walking back to my office and I hear my name, Justin, Justin. And I I turned around and this girl's just wanting to talk to me and she was actually in my youth group back when I was a youth pastor years ago. And she's a lady now and she has kids and she has a husband, but she's one of them punk rock girls, man. She's all tatted up and just like very different, you know? And so she comes up to me and she's just like, "Um, I, I just wanted to say thank you. And I'm like, for what? And and she just gives me a hug. And and it's not just a normal hug, she's holding on. And she can't talk. And then I feel the sobbing in the hug. They're like, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, okay, you don't let go, right? I couldn't let go anyway, because she was holding me and she just like she gets it together and she just says, Thank you. Just wanna say thank you for for welcoming people like me into this church. She said, I just, like, I just felt like I was supposed to tell you thank you for reaching people like me because I was so lost. And you didn't turn your back on me, but you welcomed me in. And she said, here's why it's on my mind right now, because not only did God change my life, but he just started using me to change other lives. She said, you know, I'm leading a teen life group. For, for girls, for teenage girls, and she said, it's just so cool, and I'm helping them because I was them, and I get it, and and now God's reached my husband, and he's reaching my kids, and my whole family knows Jesus. Just thank you, and she's crying, and, and so we just had this moment, and I'm like, you know what's crazy is when you were a kid, you didn't know this, but I was fighting battles because there, there was the spirit of religion, and, and there were these people, and I remember this one leader in particular said, you know that the leaders have gotten together, and we're concerned, Justin. I was like, are you? Okay, what's going on? Well, you're you're letting bad seed into the church. I was like, oh, okay. Um, Explain. They said, well, we've noticed you've been setting up skateboard ramps out there on the church property. Any skaters in here? Bad seed, bad seed, y'all. <laughs> like, and I'm like, yeah, because yeah, like those, well, that, that's just bad. See, can't you guys play uh, football or basketball? Do you really need to set up the skateboard ramps? Because you know what kind of kids those are, right? I'm just, and I'm not kidding you guys. I had to fight a battle with elders of the church over letting skaters into the church. And this girl was one of those people. She was one of those little skate rack. Punk girls that was hanging out with, and and some of them they they weren't living the right life, but that's exactly why they needed to be in church. And I'm trying to explain this to the leaders, but I, I was telling her, I said, "That's what was going on back in the day." And she's like, "Well, well, then thank you for letting bad seed in the church." <laughs> I, I think she was thinking about getting a tattoo that said "bad seed." And <laughs> that conversation though it wrecked me, and like for the next week, all I could think about was, "What if we didn't?" I was like what if real life didn't let bad seed in the church? What if we didn't welcome home lost people? What if we didn't see people while they were still a long way off and run to them? Like, what if we didn't? She wouldn't be there. Her husband wouldn't be there. Her kids wouldn't be there. The girls that she's reaching wouldn't be getting reached. And I was like, forget her. I wouldn't be here, right? So many of you wouldn't be here. And and I'm like, if the church didn't let in the bad seed, only perfect people, man, we'd be in trouble because none of us would be here. But as God's kids in God's house, we have to have God's heart. we got to see people while they're still a long way off. Run to them. And and this is so important to Jesus that this story isn't even over yet. It's only like half over. It should be over. This should be it. And they had a party, and it's all good, filet mignon. But verse 25, meanwhile, dun, 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 like it's a turn in the plot, right? Meanwhile... The older son was in the fields working. When he reached, you didn't even know there was this older son. I mean, you heard he had two sons. But uh, when he heard what was going on, and he, he hears music and dancing in the house, he asked one of his servants, what's going on? Your brother's back, he was told. And your father has killed the fattened calf. We're celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years, I've slaved for you. Never once refused to do a single thing that you told me to. I've been good. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. I'm not sure I would want that, but that's what that kid wanted. Okay, yet yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, You've always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. You know, unfortunately, God's kids in God's house don't always have God's heart. And it's a tragic thing. And so here this kid, he's a son of the same father and he's in the house and he knows the father, but somehow he doesn't have the father's heart. And, And what we see is that older son, he's not partying, he's pouting. He's not happy that his brother came home. He's not even happy for his dad. All he's thinking about is himself. Well, what about me? What about me? I've been here all this time. Shouldn't it be about me? Shouldn't church be for me? Shouldn't all this be like what I like? And, and, and so they're partying, man. Like the steaks are on the grill. They've got the band playing. There's a conga line. there. are celebrate good time. Come on. Okay. It's just me. That's good. No, that's cool. I thought it would catch on. It didn't. It's fine. It's not viral. It's not going on YouTube, but but for this older brother, he's like, no, I'm not partying like this. What about me? It's all about me. This is my home. And and why does it have to be about him? And the father, he actually leaves the party to come out and say, but no, dude, I, I'm crazy about you, too. You should know that everything that you've known and studied, like, you, you know that I love you. But here's what he says. The main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And you got to understand, son, we had to celebrate We had to because this is what it's all about. My lost son came home. Like we had to celebrate because he was dead and he's come back to life. We got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And, And I hate to say this, but as a pastor, I've spent a whole lot of time with the older brother. I really have. Like I've had to sit and listen to the complaints of that older brother. I've had to listen to the concerns of the older brother. Why did we change that? Why aren't we doing that? Why did we move the organ that was one of mine. That's always good, right? You can't move the organ. Jesus put it there. Uh, why, why why, do you pastors wear blue jeans now? You know, you're supposed to dress in powder blue suits like the disciples. Uh, I don't know. I never really saw a good picture of the disciples. I didn't know. Like, you, you know, you guys are just so casual with your dress, and you don't use the right Bible. Like, I don't? I'm using the wrong Bible. Which one? You're supposed to use the 1611 King James Bible that Jesus taught from. Like wait, sixteen eleven. Jesus was like in eight. Never mind. Don't do the math. It doesn't matter. It's just all of these rules and all. The older brother, man. Like, why are you guys playing this this rock music? You know, drums are the devil's instrument. I don't know if you ever heard that one. <laughs> like, they are really like that's what the devil. He's just like yeah. I I don't know. I guess. He's probably not a violin guy, but. I've just heard some weird stuff, man. Just trying to reason with the older brother. Like, why can't you get excited about what God is doing in someone else's life? As God's kids in God's house, we have to have God's heart. And what the father is doing, that's what I want to be doing, right? If God is grilling steaks for the lost son, I'm saying pass the A1. Like, I can get in with, like, he's saying this is what it's all about. I was talking to somebody recently at our church and uh, hadn't seen him in a while. And started the conversation like, "Hey, where you been? Haven't seen you." And well, uh, we haven't been to church. And I didn't know it's a big church. I didn't know if I just not seen them. We, ha- we we haven't been coming. And I was like, "Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What's going on?" I don't know if there was a family problem or, uh, well, quite honestly, it's just it's just getting so big. I'm like, "Oh, I know. Isn't that awesome? All these lost people getting saved." Like. I know that's not what they're saying, but I wanted to make it like, please tell me you're happy about that. It's just, you know, we liked it when it was smaller. We liked it when it was just, you know, you kind of knew everybody and it wasn't so crowded and you didn't have to go on Friday night. (laughs) Who goes to church on Friday night? I love you guys. (laughs) And so I'm just like, you know, and we just this and I was like, you know, God's trying to pack out heaven, right? I just, I don't know if you realize, because I know you got, you didn't like it like this, and you didn't like it like, you know, God's trying to fill up heaven. And, and so, like, that's the plan. And I, I, he's not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Like, I'm thinking, like, the only reason I want to tell you that is because I'm pretty sure you're not going to like heaven. <laughs> it's a little crowded. Like, there's going to be a lot of people up there, and there's going to be a whole bunch that you don't know. So I'm just, I'm like trying to give you a heads up. So you don't get there and like, I don't like this. I don't, this is not my scene because the other option's not good. Like, you know, you, you could, you can wait till eternity to get to know some of these people or you can join the party right now and start meeting them because they're your family and they're coming to heaven and, and you're part of a church, but, or, or you could just not go to church at all because this one's too big. Hashtag pastor want That's what that is. I didn't say I did. I just said wanna, okay? But that's, guys, that's the older brother. It's the older brother. It's that other son. And God's saying, come back in. I I love that the father loves both of his sons. They're both lost. This is really the parable of two lost sons, isn't it? And the one, it's obvious. And the other one, it's a little bit subtle because he's hanging around the house, but he's still lost because he doesn't have the father's heart. And I love that the father's willing to leave the house and run to the one, but he's also willing to leave the party and talk to the other one. And sometimes he's just putting his arm around, I hate to say it, but you and me sometimes just going, hey, I think you're kind of missing the point. I think you're, you're a little off track and you think it's too big or it's too this. And, you know, basically when we say something like, well, the church is just kind of too big. What we're really saying is I'm saved, but the rest of you can go to hell. That ain't okay. Right. But that's kind of what we're saying. We just don't realize it. like I'm saved. I found a home and that's all that matters because it's all about me. I'm glad my life was changed, but I'm not willing to do anything or change anything so that yours can be. That's the heart of the older brother. But the heart of the father is 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. I don't know where your heart is today, but I do know where God's is. It's longing for his lost kids to come home. His heart is running to them while they're still a long way off. It's welcoming them with his arms wide open. And as God's kids in God's house, we really need to have God's heart. And I'm just praying for you guys. I'm praying that Anchor Church will be that kind of church. You are, but that you'll never lose it. I'm praying that the spirit of the older brother just really doesn't have any place here. Uh, But the heart of the father runs this house. You know, God is crazy about you. He really is. And he doesn't want you to just know it, but he wants you to show it. I'm going to close with prayer. I want to encourage you, you know, if we could just like maybe close our eyes, just make this a you and God moment. And a couple of you I want to speak to as we prepare to pray. But first of all, do you have a heart for this house, for the people this church is reaching? Is, is there just some area of your heart or mind you maybe just need to repent? Tell God, sorry, I'm sorry. I've been making it about me, and it's about you. I've been making it about me, and it's about your mission. I've been making it about my preferences, but it's about your purpose. It's about the lost son coming home. And maybe your prayer just needs to be, God, give me your heart. Help me to see people how you see them so I can love them how you love them. Uh, just another group of you, like I just want to talk to you because maybe you needed to hear that God is crazy about you. You really, maybe even for the first time and you came here and you weren't feeling it. You weren't believing it and there's something going on in your life and it's just so hard right now and you just can't believe that the Father is running towards you, but it's so true and I want to pray for you and if it's you and you really needed this truth, you needed to be reminded of his love because I'm going to pray for you. If you would just raise your hand, let God know. This is what I needed to hear today. That you're crazy about me. This is the truth I needed to resonate in my soul. Praise God. If you're raising your hand, I just want to pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the love that you have lavished upon us. I thank you that I flew a long way, not just to tell people that you love them, but that you're crazy about them. I thank you, God, that this is true. That you so love us. I thank you, Father, that you're willing to roll up the dress and run to us because you see us while we're still a long way from home. I thank you that you've done that for me, and I'm going to change life. But, God, I pray that as your kid in your house, I will have your heart. And and I certainly, God, I just pray for Anchor Church, that this church will have your heart, that they will see people while they're still a long way off. They will run to them. They will embrace them that everyone here who is a seasoned and mature believer would cast out the spirit of that older brother and that they would have the heart of the father. And, and Lord, for those who raise their hand and just say, I just needed to be reminded, I just needed to know, maybe even for the first time, as they're experiencing your love, do your thing, change them. I, I can't imagine that son just standing there. He's thinking he's gonna come groveling back. He, he's gonna have a life sentence to pay. And he's standing there with new sandals and a fresh robe and the royal ring. And he's eating filet mignon because you're just crazy about him. We just say thanks. And I pray that that kind of love would begin to pour into these lives right here. And those who are raising their hand, that there would be a fresh, fresh outflow and outpouring of your love into their life. That would be so unmistakable and undeniable that they would never rethink it again. We love you. You're crazy about us, and and we love you because you first loved us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Love y'all.